Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Sachs. Before we start the show, we wanted to ask you a favor. If you've been enjoying Motherhood Sessions and want to help other people find the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps. Thanks. And here's the show. Emotionally, I'm kind of just a mess all the time. I haven't, I, mean, I haven't exercised in three or four years, five years maybe. I don't have time for that. I don't have time to sleep. I don't have time to do anything that I enjoy doing. And so I feel like as a human, all of the life has been sucked out of me because I've been prioritizing the career and trying to create enough hours in the day to give my kids what they need. Mm-hmm. And in turn, that's negatively impacting my kids and I'm afraid about what's going to happen to them if that continues. I just feel trapped. This is Motherhood Sessions. I'm Dr. Alexandra Sachs. Today I'm talking with a woman we're calling Miranda. She's 38 and works at a top consulting firm in Chicago. She and her husband have three kids, a seven-year-old, a five-year-old, and a toddler. But Miranda is now at a breaking point. She wanted to sit down with me because she's struggling to balance the needs of her family with the demands of her career. She's feeling trapped and having a hard time seeing a way out. I feel torn on the decisions that I've made. When I first decided, I mean, it's always kind of this big decision point, right? You you get pregnant, and then the question is, well, what happens next? It's, you know, this, it almost feels like this big fork in the road where you're making this permanent, irreversible decision. I felt that the keep working was always kind of the expected default, both because that's what people did in my field, Nobody that has accomplished and achieved kind of what I've accomplished would, would choose to just throw all that away and stay home. And so I would say I'm kind of at a crisis point now where I've been kicking the can down the road on making some of these decisions and actually facing the issues. And I feel like I cannot kick it down the road any further I'm still working 60, 70, sometimes 80 hours a week. So if I'm opening my schedule, you know, from 3.30 to putting them to bed at night to give them what they need, well, then I'm just working from 8 o'clock at night till 2 o'clock in the morning every night to make up for it. That's not sustainable either. And so for the last seven years of my life, that's kind of what I've done. Mm -hmm. But I think as a result, you know, they see mom is constantly tired, stressed out, crabby. my, My mind is not with them, even though my body might be, because I'm thinking about the 10 other things I have to get done before tomorrow is to not lose my job. Um, And they pick up on that. And I think I'm at a point now where it's going to be too late for my children if I continue to make some of the mistakes that I think I'm making. Can you tell me a little bit about how you got into this field and 
how, how did you land here in your job? How did you choose this field? Um, there are, I think, two things driving that. One, I grew up in a very middle-class family. Neither of my parents finished college. They were both extremely hardworking, smart people. But um, my mother always made a point to show me the difference between what I had and what others had. Mm -hmm. Um, There were private schools my mom wanted to put my brother and I in and made, you know, she made it always very obvious, you know, we cannot afford that. Um, And I remember going to the grocery store with my mom. My dad would write, I remember the day when my dad increased our grocery budget (laughs) from $90 to a week to $100 a week. But like the joy my mom felt <laughs> by having 10, you know, 10% more money to spend at the grocery store. And on top of that, from a very young age, you know, second grade, um, I kind of became addicted to this notion of winning and being special. Uh, I was a childhood actor. I did competitive dancing. I did the piano, and my mom was like, you have flown through those books. You're incredible. And that was the source of my self-esteem. And so my entire life has really just been a drive for achievement and perfection and winning. Um, And so decisions that I made leading up to having a family was very much I'm going to strap on the maximum diameter rocket pack career-wise, work as hard as I can for as long as I can before I have a family so I can ascend as fast, as high as I can, so I can have as many options to me available when it becomes time to have a family and hopefully be able to navigate that process easier. So that was kind of always my my grand plan. Um, and so I had pushed my way into what many consider to be the top firm in the field. It was exhausting, but pre-kids, it's a lot easier because it's easier to manufacture time. It's easier to find time to do those things. Do what things? To to just push career at the expense of everything else. Do you think, looking back, would you describe that as a happy time in your life? (sighs) I don't know that I would look back on my life and really describe any times as being happy times. I mean, not terrible times either, but um, I've always been, I don't think I've ever lived in the moment. I've always been very much doing what I'm doing now to set myself up for the next thing. So, I mean, in my mind, I'm never winning because the more you achieve, the more you're exposed to people who have achieved more than you have. And there's never, the target is always moving. And that's an exhausting feeling. Do you feel, Um, do you like yourself? (laughs) Gosh, I don't know how to answer that question. It's a hard question. Um, I like myself as a person. I think I'm a good human. I don't like myself as a parent right now. And I'm worried about what I'm doing to my children. Um, So I guess it depends on which lens I think about myself. Some in order. Yeah. 
see some teary feeling? Uh, it, You're worried about your kids? I'm worried about my kids. Yeah, I'm worried about my kids, and I feel torn. The things my kids need now can't be outsourced to a nanny. I mean, there's the academic stuff, science fair project. I mean, that's something that I need to sit down and kind of instill a love for exploration and and have that as a teaching moment and a project that we can do together. And it's just finding time to do all this times three kids. I can't outsource this stuff the way I could when they were little. And I'm starting to see signs of stress um, in my children. And I'm terrified that I am setting them up for all sorts of emotional problems because mom's not there when I need her to be there and mom never has time for me. And I say, no, I don't have time a lot. For things like my daughter, she, I, I can tell she doesn't feel emotionally secure and happy. She does not seem like a happy child. My five-year-old um, just refuses to go to bed. She, cre- she cries like and has tantrums that I would expect from my son or two-year-old. How did, what's their dad's involvement in your routine? Yeah, um, they have an amazing father. Uh, you know, we, we both very much wanted a family. But I think it was always kind of just assumed that we would both continue working the way we were. Um, Meaning assume that you would split the roles or what was assumed? I always kind of assumed that I would take on the greater majority of the parenting. Wait, wait. But but he does he does do a lot. I mean, it's just it's at but the end like of the, could he do how how would you feel about him doing the science project with your daughter? He he does we we do split some of that stuff. I mean, he I, I he he does a lot, but I think there's just with three humans <laughs> all with all of their own needs, even with two parents, it's still it's still a lot. A lot of, Absolutely. of work and um, from an early age I always knew I wanted to be a mom equally to anything else and so I think the thought of giving up some of what I believe is kind of one of my core calls and responsibilities in this world feels unnatural and not like the right solution or the right answer for me. What is so messed up about this is the most important job I have in this world is taking care of the humans that I've brought into this world. I truly believe that. Um, And admitting to myself that I might have to make compromises in order to know what I know deep down is the right thing to do. That's the part that feels like a failure. And that's hard. But this brings, how is cho- how is making, adapting 
and, and making some changes in your life to address a problem that's extremely important to you. How is that a failure? I guess it's just admitting that I don't have these superhuman powers to be able to figure out how to do, to be more efficient. Um, and I feel like anything I take on in my life, I have to do 150% and achieve. Going to an office every day, um, having a mediocre job and doing marginal work is nothing I, that seems like the worst outcome. What do you mean mediocre job doing marginal work? You know, it's, you're either learning and growing and doing really interesting work for, in, in really prestigious places surrounded by really smart people, and typically your lifestyle um, suffers, or you're working the easy job that enables you to come home at five o'clock and leave your work at the office and it'll be there the next day. And usually that work isn't very interesting. And so the thought that I would step back and work somewhere with lower expectations so that my stress level is lower would solve one problem but reintroduce other problems. Maybe, but I think that's what we have to look at, you know, because these categories are extremely black and white. You know, it, would you be so, would you be as miserable as you think if you had less work pressure and fewer accolades right now? Would, would you be, would that be a huge problem for you if it opened up more ability to sleep, take care of yourself and be with your children? We're dealing with a very confusing question about what makes you happy. And you, you're starting our session by saying, I don't know if I've ever been happy in my whole life. Well, yeah. Mediocrity has, I've just never accepted it. But I don't understand how, what mediocre means to you, because if you were to have a job that paid your bills and opened up time for you to be with your children and have more time to take care of yourself, what you would gain in giving that up is this thing that you're coming in saying you're yearning for, which is more t more time to devote to taking care of yourself and your family. I don't know. I mean, I feel like, like I, I think fear of regret is the biggest thing that is stopping me from making a drastic decision. If I quit, can I ever reverse that and go back and start working in the future? And the answer is I would never get the job. I mean, there are 100 people lined up to get my job right now. So it wouldn't be this. It could probably be something else. But, you know, the having worked so hard to build what I've built career-wise and then just letting it go terrifies me. And then, of course, fi I mean, financially, we can we can pay the bills. We'd have to make some adjustments on our lifestyle, but we can live a very nice life on my husband's salary. That's not, you know, but right now I don't have to worry about things that my parents had to worry about and sacrifice. And what, um, the opportunities that, that the incremental income, you know, have afforded our children. I mean, both of my children speak a foreign language fluently because we've sent them to immersion language preschool and like all this stuff that I didn't have as a kid 
that by me working is enabling our kids to have, like I'm helping my kids have the things that my mom wanted me to have that I couldn't have. Because deep down, I I truly deep down believe that the thing that will make them better off overall is having mom when they need mom. But I'm prioritizing giving them things and experiences and privilege that I didn't have. So still the most frustrating is this fact that there isn't an ultimate solution. And I don't want to accept that. Can I accept that there is no ultimate way I can figure this out? I have to prioritize and optimize for certain things, and that's going to deprioritize other things. Make choices. And that feels frustrating. It feels frustrating. And I think, as you said, it feels like failing. It feels like acknowledging the fact that you have to make choices and prioritize. That experience seems new to you. And I think that um, the larger problem, the larger struggle for you psychologically is that you have impossible parameters for the ultimate solution as far as how success needs to keep climbing. You've really, like, I think, reached the end of your ability to kind of um, put Band-Aids on how you feel inside by how you're growing and achieving on the outside, I think, You've reached the end of that working for you. And I think that's not a bad thing. I think it's not a bad thing that you're being forced by extremely challenging real-life circumstances to look deeply inward and say, how can I learn how to orient to how my life is feeling by my inner world, not my outer accomplishments? I just have to stop caring so much. (laughs) Not, not regarding my kids, but I care too much about everything I do and what other people will think. And accepting... Accepting that I'm not as superhuman as I may have thought I was. <laughs> um, but I guess another another way to look at it is how come all of these achievements aren't filling this hole? You've achieved so much. Like, how come How come none of that's sticking? There's always more. <laughs> it's not. You haven't felt healed and settled and centered by your accomplishments yet. As you see how 
extraordinary you are and what extraordinary things you can accomplish, you get addicted to doing it again and doing it again and doing it again. But I think that your concern about what other people think is at the center of what, why you're feeling trapped because you're not giving yourself permission to organize your life based on how you think and how you feel. I don't know that I can because that that will require accepting mediocrity. It will mean accepting being average. I've never been average in my life. But maybe you've also never so, been happy. Maybe this is called accepting being happy. Because I'm talking about happiness, not mediocrity. And I'm not talking about lowering the bar in order to be happy. I think that it's not about your value and you're succeeding or failing at being an extraordinary business leader who's a working mom. I don't think it's about that at all. I think it's about your self-esteem. And I think it's about if you weren't getting this powerful reinforcement of your self-esteem from your career, could you feel good about yourself? And I think you don't know. Right. But I think that's worth finding out. Because I personally think that you will psychologically benefit by imagining other ways to feel good about yourself other than external achievement. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, another, another mental shift that I have to make is if I think about what I'm modeling to my kids right now, it is completely unhealthy. And they're growing up looking at a mother who is tired, stressed out, overworked, and unhappy. And is that what I want them to become? Right. One thing that I fear, you know, I've, I've over-rotated so much to giving them material things. The material things that that my parents wanted to give to me that I couldn't. And all that's great, but when I really think about it and step back, if you ask my daughters, would you rather go to the fancy high tea at the fancy, you know, hotel downtown, or would you rather make doll clothes with mom? I bet you they would ask, they, they would prefer to make doll clothes with mom. But I think, <laughs> I think that you also have to do this thing, which I think is very counterintuitive for you as an upwardly mobile person who's been self-made, right? And ask yourself, am I sure I know what the good life is? Am I sure that the most expensive, most elite opportunity is, the, is also the experience that brings the most happiness yeah. for me and my family? Yeah, I mean, at the center of all of this, is going back to this notion of in order to look inside out, I have to redefine success as feeling happy and satisfied with my choices. You just summarized it. I mean, you just, th that's, that's the work. You just, you just nailed it. And it's new, it's foreign, it's scary, but I think there's tremendous benefit. Like, I'm gonna say something that sounds kind of weird, but I'm so glad you have this problem on your hands. Because 
(laughs) First of all, it's a problem of abundance. It's a problem of how do I reconcile this huge career with this abundant and overflowing family? Like, it's a problem of having so many wonderful things and trying to figure out how to honor them all, right? But so so that is <laughs> that for that I am happy for you. But I am also happy for you because this is an opportunity to learn how to feel good about yourself aside from your accomplishments, which I think is gonna be a wonderfully enriching experience for you as a human being. And I also think it's going to help serve you as a mother to be able to model to your children that you can feel incredibly proud of your accomplishments and you can also feel good in addition and separately from the inside. Motherhood Sessions is a production of Gimlet and Spotify. It's produced by Peter Bresnan and Kimmy Regler. Our editors are Devin Taylor and Nazanin Rafsanjani. Music and mixing by Emma Munger. We'll be back next week with the season finale of Motherhood Sessions.